So we are making our way through Unit 5 of Humble Yourself, The Way to Greatness. And Unit 5 is about seeking the Lord. And we're up to point D, which is seek His face. Seek His face. Seeking the face of someone is to seek their presence. It requires deep intimacy to look someone square in the face. And God wants this kind of intimate relationship with each one of us, that we would stand face to face with him, that he would be able to talk to us face to face. That even as we humble ourselves before him, yes, there's a time for being on your face before the Lord. When you're on your face, you're not looking the king in the face when you're on your face. Your face is on the floor. But to see the face of Jesus, this is we're talking about now in the spirit, you see the face of Jesus looking him in the eye, square in the face seeking his presence. It's a verbiage that's used to describe the presence of of a person. So the, the Hebrew definition is right there in your study guide. It means face, like literally the face. Um, and the face, of course, can mean the face of a person or the face of a surface, like the surface of a table would be called the face of the table, right? Or the that type of thing. But it also means the presence of a person or to be before or in front of, in the face of, or in the presence of. That's what it is to seek someone's face. So like, for example, there's someone that uh, was recently introduced to me through someone else, and it they've been uh, encouraged to seek my counsel on something. And it's a particularly kind of sticky scenario. And so I they asked if we could talk by phone and they don't live that far away. And I said, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I would really like to meet you in person. Because, you know, we can tell a lot about someone and what's going on by the way they conduct themselves, by the way they make eye contact, by how they approach different things, by their uh, body language and nonverbal communication. There's so much that can be discerned when you're in someone's presence that cannot be discerned in a phone call or in a letter or in an email. And so seeking the face and the presence of God is the same type of thing. You're seeking to get to know him, everything about him. He already knows everything about you. This isn't really about you. This is about you seeking him to know him. How does he do things? How does he conduct himself? What does he have to say to you? What does he want to speak into your life? What direction does he want you to go? So seeking his presence, it's like, you know what? Some meetings, every business person knows this. People fly millions of miles around the world every year to conduct business face-to-face because you know there's something that can be done face-to-face. It matters, but that's what God wants us to do with him, face-to-face engaging with him in serious dialogue and communication. 
So David said it this way in Psalm 27, You have said, Seek my face. And my heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. So I know we use the first part of that uh, verse in an earlier unit, but this is this is significant to really seeking the Lord. Seek my face, seek my presence. And David said, yes, your presence I seek. Now remember, David is the guy that pitched a tent in the middle of Jerusalem to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David so that he could seek the face of the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week with worship and rejoicing and praise and petition and prayer. Hallelujah. But he knows how significant it is. That's why I included the second part that we just read. Hide not your face from me. To to have God hide his face from us means the removal of his approval, the removal of his blessing. We know that because the, the Lord's shining his face upon us. We get this from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. This is the priestly blessing. But the priestly blessing includes, uh, this is starting with verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. So an example of that might be, you know, I know a man who is a widower now, his wife died uh, and is with the Lord now, and this man loved his wife so, so much, loved her so much. But he talks about her now, and he'll say, you know, I did a lot of things wrong, but every once in a while, I did it right, and my wife would just smile, and she had a certain look on her face, and I knew I had done it right that time. I had I had hit the jackpot that time, you know? So, and this is what we want to do with the face of God. We want to do things God's way so that God shines his face upon us as his people. Now, we know because of the righteousness of Jesus that God does shine his face upon us, even though we don't deserve it. But I'm trying to give you the image. There's also, you could think of like a baby. Whenever a baby is born and can, you know, hold its own head up, everybody surrounds the baby, tries to get the baby to smile, always looking for, oh, will you smile at me? Will you smile at me? Will you smile at me? Well, that's what we're doing. You know, we're seeking the face of God. What makes God smile? And to spend time seeking his presence, seeking his face, what lights up the face of God? That's where we want to be. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Psalm 67 also uses similar language. That's not in your study guide. But it says, you know, Lord, shine your face upon us and bless us so that we can bring your blessing to all the nations, so that all the nations will know that you are God. So we've got to seek his face and do the things that are pleasing to him. Psalm 105 verse 4 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually, continually. 
So, David, another example of this, just to show you that this is another way of seeking the counsel of God, David sought the face of the Lord to inquire when there was a famine in the land for three years. And David asked the Lord, he's like, what's going on? Why is there this famine? So let's see, 2 Samuel 21, verse 1. Now there was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year. And David sought the face of the Lord. And the Lord said, there is blood guilt on Saul and his house because he put the Gibeonites to death. So that's a whole different story. We're not going to get into that. But David, because he sought the face of the Lord, he sought the presence of God, he sought the counsel of God, he received the answer of what the famine was connected to. And it was connected to bloodshed that had been done by a king that wasn't even David. But David was able, with this wisdom from God, to go and make it right. And as soon as David made it right, boom, the famine was over. So, you know, it really is a wise thing to seek the face of God. God will speak to you things when you seek his face and engage in a face-to-face relationship with him. Moses also spoke to the Lord face to face. The Lord spoke to Moses plainly as a man speaks to his friend. You know, and I love that. You can tell the difference. And I'm not saying that prophetic gifting isn't real. It is real. I I love the prophetic. There's nothing wrong with that. But when people are speaking in mysteries and metaphors and analogies and, oh, I saw this thing over there and then a license plate drove by and it said this and it must be a sign. And, you know, when people are speaking in riddles and that and that and even um, visions, you know, and, and dreams, even pagans have dreams, unbelievers have dreams. Not every dream that you have is from God. Not every dream you have is from God. Yes, I do believe that some dreams can be from God, and those dreams are also subject to interpretation. Visions are also subject to interpretation. Riddles and mysteries are also subject to interpretation. But when you're in a face-to-face relationship with the Lord, the Lord speaks plainly. And I love the Lord. He's such a steward of words. He will say in three words that it takes me 30 pages to say. I love that about him. But he says it plainly. He said he's straightforward. Just boom. This is what it is. In three words. Boop, boop, boop. Go this way. Don't go that way. You know, he just he's so plain. It's so easy. He doesn't speak in riddles when you're in a face to face relationship with him. And so I see sometimes people trying so hard to develop and grow in their prophetic gifting, and it's just getting more and more complicated. And the more complicated it gets, the further away from the Lord they are. Because if they were speaking to the Lord face to face, it would be simple, it would be clear, it would be plain. So let's take a look. Exodus 33, uh, verse 9. So when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. 
Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So the same way that I'm speaking to you now, the Lord will have conversation with you. You know, a man doesn't speak to his friend in metaphors and mysteries and riddles and imaginary things. You know, no, the way you talk to your friend is the way that God wants to grow into relationship with you, not disrespectfully, but in a matter of plain speech, plain, clear, simple speech. We'll look at another example of this. This is when uh, the Lord is actually rebuking other people. It's actually, unfortunately for Moses, his brother and sister, but they're saying, hey, we hear God too. But the Lord is like, hey, check this out, okay? He said, starting with verse 6, Numbers 12, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses, for he is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Do you see that? He's saying, yeah, okay, if there was a prophet, they might come with some mystery message that needs to be interpreted, or you need to seek me even more for the plain speech of what you're supposed to do with it. But when I speak to someone face to face, I speak clearly, not in riddles. Hallelujah. That's how we want our communication with the Lord to be. Not just us to him, but him to us, that he is speaking to us this way because we have sought his face. Uh, Exodus 34, verse 29 says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, this is after Moses had received the commandments on the tablets of stone, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. So there's another scripture that says that uh, those who seek him, those who look to him, are radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. Well, Moses, he was radiant, but like literally radiant. He had been in the presence of God. He had been in the glory of the Lord, and his skin shone. Moses was like a living light bulb. He was shining out with the brightness of the Lord because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. So Moses then used to put a veil over his face when he would come down off of the mountain after being in the presence of the Lord, so that his face would not be seen by the Israelites. They all saw that it was shining, but Moses would put a veil over his face. And the same thing, if you seek the face of the Lord, if you spend time in the presence of the Lord, people will be able to tell. People will be able to tell. Those who look to him are radiant. And it's not always in the face because sometimes, sometimes God will, when you spend time face to face with him, you'll go through seasons where it seems like all God is doing is revealing your sin (laughs) and all the things that, that he's working on and that need to change about you. And that can make you very sad. 
And so your, your face might be downcast. But what I've learned is there's something in the eye. There's a light in the eye of a person who's truly seeking the Lord. And if that light is there, they've been with God and they're going to be okay. If that light is not there, they're more lost than they think they are. So it might not always be some shining face, but there'll be a light. There'll be a lightness there. And there'll be a certain level of peace, even in the midst of distress, if someone has truly been seeking the face of the Lord. And again, just as a reminder, because of the righteousness of Jesus, we have access to God. We have the right to enter into God's presence. We can behold the glory of the Lord. And the Lord will speak to us plainly, not because we deserve it or because of our righteousness, but because as we believe in Jesus, we are adopted as beloved children of God. That's an even greater honor than Moses had. Moses was a faithful servant in all God's house, but Jesus was a son in God's house. And we are adopted as sons and daughters, as children of God. And as we spend time in his presence, in the glory of the Lord, we are transformed by his presence into his likeness. So let's look at the scripture that says exactly this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with verse 12. Since we have such a hope, now Paul had been talking about the new covenant. Our hope is in the new covenant that says that Jesus Christ died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He was raised from the dead on the third day. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God, and he is coming back to redeem us as his own and bring us into the world to come. Hallelujah. Amen. So because we have this hope, we are very bold. What are we bold about? We're very bold to enter into God's presence because Jesus Jesus had, has made the way for us. When Jesus cried out his last living breath on the cross, the veil in the temple that was separating man from God was torn in two from top to bottom. We have boldness to enter into God's presence because of the new covenant, because of the shed blood and broken body of Jesus. Moses didn't have that. So it says, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. So Moses was very special that he was able and allowed to enter into God's presence, but then he would shine so brightly that, like we said, he put this veil over his face, right? We are very bold to enter into God's presence because Jesus is the special one who has given us access to something we otherwise don't deserve. But when we're there, once we get there, skipping down to verse 18, and we all, every believer, with unveiled face, no veil between us and God, beholding the glory of the Lord, as we seek his face, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, 
who is the Spirit. Jesus ascended up into heaven, poured out the Holy Spirit upon all flesh, so that all who believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, could be filled with the Holy Spirit. The law of God could be written upon our hearts that we might hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it, right? We're being transformed as we seek the face of God. We are transformed into the image of the perfect one, into the image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As we seek his face, we receive his counsel. We accept and do his counsel, putting it into practice. We do things God's way. We will and to work according to his good pleasure, to fulfill his purposes, to be the type of character, the type of person, an honorable vessel for honorable use, a vessel of mercy, God pouring his mercy out through us to the rest of the world. This is what happens as we behold the glory of the Lord by seeking his face and being transformed into his image.